I'm Jordan O'Brien, and welcome to the New Leaf Podcast. Joining me on the show for episode 7 is one of the lovely people that I had the pleasure of meeting whilst away at university and one of the first people that I ever lived with as well outside of my own four walls. It's Emily Pratt. Hello and welcome to the show. Hiya lad. How are you keeping? I'm very well thank you. How are you? Yes I'm grand. I'm grand. Keeping myself busy and entertained with this I suppose. <laughs> How are you feeling? Uh, more than what I'm doing. <laughs> well, I know that I'm keeping you back from doing some important work, so I'll try and only take an hour of your time. <laughs> sure, um, I'm not complaining. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'll try and take longer if you need to. <laughs> <laughs> How has uni work been for you then? Um, it's been all right. I mean, it's been a difficult transition, especially with going from a master's to uh, from my undergrad sorry to my masters um and then i think what i've struggled with most is because i'm not able to go like usually i'd be going down the sports path to the library and i'd go get my work done then um meant i was out the house and then obviously whenever i came back to the house i could just relax and it was kind of just like i had the two it wasn't always just like my bedroom was the sleeping but it's now I have to do my work in there. I have to do this, that and the other. Um, So, I mean, it's been a bit harder, but I'm still chipping away, getting it done. It's just some days I'm just a bit like, oh, I can't be bothered. I think it is a bit difficult at the minute for students, whether you're university or you're just in your early years of school, trying to separate home and uni life or home and school life. You know, you're so used to this place being your safe haven where you can relax yeah. and then suddenly you have to turn it into a working environment and sometimes it just isn't easy whatsoever massively like to, at uni it's it's been all right because where the walls are quite thick i don't really hear anyone else when i'm in my room um but then you get some days there's like an argument that's kicked off or um like they're slamming doors and stuff and i'm just like oh for god's sake guys like <laughs> Um, and then like I come home and then dad decides to bloody hoover the, the lounge, stick the kettle on and I'm like, I'm trying to do my bloody work here. They're tra- <laughs> they're deciding to parade through the house and create as much of a racket as they can. Yeah, I'm like, I don't even put the kettle on when I know that you're working. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You have to work with me here. Exactly. But no, it's been all right. It's just taken some adjusting to. But I mean, I, I managed to graduate in the middle of a pandemic so i think i can do my masters as well yeah exactly i'm sure that was a difficult transition enough you know going (laughs) from your final year because a lot of people weren't sure what way it was going to go or how your grades were going to be awarded and you mentioned as well your course was a very practical course you would have been out and sort of hands-on with the the coaching element um, yeah, we were we were quite lucky in the fact that all like the practical side of things um, had already been done. Um, so there was only one there was only one. Uh, it was a presentation that we had to do, 
but they um, did away with that instead um, because we couldn't do it, um, which made my life easier because I was dreading doing that part. <laughs> so I was, I was very happy that they got rid of that. But no, I, I mean, by the time we'd gone into the whole lockdown and I came home, um, I just had my dissertation and one other assignment to do. So it wasn't too bad. On a like social side of things, it was just a bit upsetting that I didn't get any of like my last. Like obviously we had longest day and we couldn't do. I didn't get to do the summer one of that. Um, or like our like finishing like having house parties like celebrating with everyone and then of course actually not being able to have our graduation either. Yeah, it's a period for students that you sort of look forward to. You know, it's it's an exciting mm-hmm. point. You know, you're about to finish your studies and go off into the big world of work and. You couldn't really have a proper goodbye with it all. No, that's the thing. You kind of just, obviously, Boris was like, we're going into lockdown and everyone just went their separate ways and it wasn't really a big, like, farewell. It's kind of... It was really anticlimactic after three years of university that suddenly yeah. it was just... I mean, obviously, I've gone, I've gone back this year and there's still many of my friends like still at uni, but not the ones that I did the whole journey with. Like obviously a number of people on my course aren't there anymore. They've all gone their separate ways, like back home and whatnot. So it's it's a bit it's just weird. Um but I know we'll all be able to come together soon and hopefully celebrate. Well, it's it's past a year since the last time I was actually over in the lovely Forest and I was having a chat with some of my other former housemates and we were just trading stories and memories and stuff and they're all people who have also moved on as well but Mm. it's those little things that you pick up as you go along and you meet someone and you have a story for life about this person or whatever it's those little tiny things that sort of stick with you as you go along and then you might meet up with someone a couple years later that was on your course and you can suddenly kick on from there and pick it up all over again oh massively like i know like they're they're all going to be friends for life um and like we all still do keep in touch but it's just it's just it's just very weird how everything ended because it's not it's not usually what would have happened but i mean it's kind of the new norm now so we just get up and carry on as normal i suppose and just learn to get on with it as well yeah i find it was really strange even from like the end of our first year together living together for a whole year and then suddenly even splitting off into different houses after that and then suddenly you have a new uni house that you sort of live with and do different things with as well it is strange adjusting to it all but i'll take us all the way back then to that saturday morning slash afternoon when i eventually arrived late (laughs) as i drove through (laughs) as i drove through the night and that in itself was a journey just to get there um that was a very emotional roller coaster of a day that was you know the the highs of starting on your university adventure and the lows of watching your family drive away at a bedroom window yeah i mean i mean but I was quite lucky because obviously I already knew, I knew Lou before we even like I've known him I I knew him for many years before we even went to uni, so I think I had that little bit of relaxation knowing that I already knew someone in our flat, 
but then I mean when you got there we just like that straight down the pub and the rest is history really that was the best thing that we all just looked at each other and went drink yeah let's go and we all sat together as one I can remember when I moved in and I seen you and Lewis chatting with each other I thought oh they're getting on quite well and then it wasn't until I found out that you knew each other for ages and I went why can't I have a friend why do I have to be a stranger but it it made it easier for me then because if you two were already friends all I had to do was make friends with one of you and then I had two friends so it was pretty easy after that no we were quite lucky with who we were um put in a flat with so I'm not um but yeah I I really did enjoy first year living with you. There were many, 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 many laughters. And that's the thing. You need to sort of just open up and be a little bit mischievous or humorous and mess about in your first year because the first that's when you do those kinds of stuff. And then second year, you kick on and start getting a little bit more serious. So I was more than happy yeah, we to throw a few laughs out. <laughs> I think one of we the best were... things was the straw. Yeah, that came up on my <laughs> So for those listening, the straw was one of, I'm going to say the highlight of my university career because I didn't have many. Five minute activity to be in like five hours of fun. Like it just. <laughs> yeah, we thought we we thought that it would be cool if we could build a straw and I could sit at one end of the kitchen and drink from like beside the fridge, and then that grew into manufacturing this four-story straw that hung out our window and even survived storms it was up there until we left (laughs) yeah it was there for the entire year it just remained hanging out the window (laughs) and all you would see now and again is this thing fly past your window and you wouldn't know what it was and then you would suddenly click oh shit yeah it's still there (laughs) bear in mind we were the top floor flat as well yeah we were yeah four stories from the ground floor so this thing was massive there again i'll attach a photograph on the instagram page of me drinking from it <laughs> and that was in i think that was october that was a month in yeah something like that i peaked too early <laughs> <laughs> it all went downhill from that stage yeah there's a, a lot of a lot of very good memories in that flat a lot of funny stories as well a lot of house parties <laughs> flat parties a lot of flat parties as well some i didn't even know about until i came out of my room and suddenly there's (laughs) dozens of people in the corridor and emily in the middle of them with a drink in her hand not caring about life it kind of just got to a point you guys were like well as long as we don't hear any noise like do whatever i would be in the middle of maybe 25 drunk students all playing beer pong and drinking games and they're all completely blinded and there I am sitting with a bottle of Medjuice in the middle of them, just enjoying life, having a little chat, doing a couple of magic tricks, making people laugh and then going back to bed. I'm thinking, thank God I'm not going to have a sore head in the morning. I remember when you did your first magic trick. When you whacked, we had trees in our flat and you whacked them out and literally we were all spellbounded. I was like, <laughs> What? Because that's the last thing you need when you're drunk, something to bamboozle your mind even more. I know, I was like, who's, I was like where's he come from? <laughs> who's the, who's the David Blaine in the corner doing magic <laughs> tricks like a prick? 
But again, that was just a way of distracting people who were already drunk because they're not paying attention to what I'm doing. So I, I could literally take their card out and they wouldn't even notice. So it was the perfect audience. But that first year was so hectic. Like it was my first time living away from home. And as people have always commented, I don't just do things, I do them in massive measures. So not only was I living away from home, I was living in an entirely different country. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. People could travel half an hour home and I had to travel half an hour to Cardiff just to go to Bristol, just to go home. Yeah. It was madness. But the fact that you and Lewis were such a tight group and then Anita, for all the time she was there, she was lovely. Matt was the quietest person I knew. But again, when you had a conversation with him, it was actually really interesting. Yeah. So I got really lucky that I had a nice mix of people that made it easier for me being away from home. Yeah. I couldn't have asked for a better set of people anyway. I'm getting all like... You're blushing now. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was... Like, I, I couldn't fault you guys being ha- like flatmates either. Like, it wasn't very... I was very lucky in the fact that we all got along. And it just... It made made the first year... Because obviously that is always the hardest year. Because for most people, it's your first time away from home. So... And the fact... like Well, I mean... I don't think we ever fell out. No, there was no drama. We were a really tight unit. Lewis set fire to my kitchen, my oven gloves, <laughs> but I think that's the most, the most they ever got out of hand. Oh, there was many a time Lewis and I just sat in that kitchen and we would have done like random quizzes while you were out drinking on a Wednesday night. The two of us would have been trying to name every county in the UK for a Harry Potter quiz. And then you would come stumbling in through the kitchen and the three of us would just sit there and chat the biggest pile of rubbish ever. And that's what I love. We all did different things and had different activities, but we all sat together as yeah. a, a flat and had fun times and good memories. Yeah, no, I do. I do. Pre- well, I can't get my words out now. Cherish them. They were definitely something that I cling on to as like one of my favorite points in my life. Um. Like that first moving in day, I can remember getting out of the car. We've been driving for 13 hours or something like that all the way through Scotland, England and Wales just to get there. And as we're lifting out our suitcases, Lewis comes walking past and I introduce myself and I say hello. I walk on, discover there's no lift. So we have to lug our suitcases up to the top floor and then I see Lewis come walking past me again and I was so (laughs) confused I couldn't understand like how did he get up to the top floor so quick then Lewis actually comes walking in through the door and it's at that point I discover that Lewis has an identical twin called Ben (laughs) oh that was a brilliant moment (laughs) my head was frazzled like obviously you know the two of them yeah but I, got, I had no heads up or anything whatsoever. <laughs> and I was so confused. Mum was doubled over in laughter. And she couldn't believe it either. It is, like, it is very, like, you, there's not much in them that tells the difference between them either. Like, now there's a difference between them as they've gotten older. Yeah. But... 
they were absolutely identical. Like I should have noticed the clothes, but I just seen what looked like Lewis in front of me and went, "Hi, hello, <laughs> how did you get up here again?" I couldn't believe it. It did crack me up. Oh my goodness! And then I sat back and put my feet up as Mum done my room for me. I didn't have to do anything. <laughs> <laughs> she made the bed, she put out all the furnishings, everything was packed away for me, lovely. And I think that was the best my room looked that entire year, that first day. Because after that, it was just a disaster. She um, she pulled me, as- we went into my room, she, because um, she, bless her, she was really worried about you. And, because um, I don't know whether I actually told you this. Um, but yeah, we had a little, um, she had a little word, she was really worried, and I was like, don't worry. I was like, I'll take great care of him, and I mean, you turned out all right. So I must I, have done a good job. I didn't do too bad. No, I done all right. Still so, keeping yeah, an eye on but... me. No, I didn't know that. I knew that um, she was worried because she told me when I came back home. But again, yeah. Mum was one of those people where <laughs> you would move away, and she she would be like, ah. Oh, yeah, good riddance. Can't wait to get rid of you. Get out of this house and get out of my hair. And then the next week she'll text you and go, so uh, when are you coming home? <laughs> when are you coming home now? Yeah. I miss doing your washing. <laughs> As you remember, though, we were all stood in the kitchen and your mum and your dad were talking and I was literally stood there. I was like, I cannot understand a single word that's being said right now. I do remember that. You were so lost. God bless you. Because I could understand everyone else. But yeah. for some reason, when we talk to each other, us Northern Irish people, we just race off and throw in all of our sentences together. And you look so lost. I really did feel sorry for you because you were stuck in the middle of this conversation. I had no idea what was being said. I'm, I'm trying to be polite, but I don't actually know what any of you are saying right now. We're talking about travelling home and flights and you're just throwing in the odd. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was like, yeah. 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 Understood. <laughs> I know you're just nod my well. head and hope that's the right thing to do. Yeah. <laughs> just really be polite. Yeah. No, I used to get customers in Wales like just asking me to speak. It was the most bizarre thing ever. Like I would be really working really in a shop that. and some forty five year old woman called Gwyneth would come walking in and then she would hear me talk and she was mesmerized. It's like, it's just an accent, love. I wouldn't get too worried over it. And then all you just... The same as me getting mesmerised over the Welsh talking. It must just be a thing, like, you hear a different accent and suddenly you're intrigued by it because you don't hear it normally. Yeah, that's true. But it got to the point where there was one woman used to come in and she would never buy anything. She would literally just come in to talk for ten minutes. (laughs) Oh, bless her. And she was about seventy. Oh. And she's like, I like the way you talk. <laughs> God, please <laughs> leave me alone. I just want to do my work. <laughs> oh, oh God, that's funny. It's like, you're of an age where I don't want to be rude because if I shout at you, then people will think that I'm the bad guy in this scenario. <laughs> yeah. Please, just let me stick with these books in peace. <laughs> But I do miss it though. I do miss being over in Wales, um, for a number of different reasons. 
just because it was like such a lovely place to be like everyone yeah. everyone was friendly and if you went outside of cardiff and discovered some of the sites it was breathtaking oh yeah it's got some of the most amazing views and like areas to go to i'm kicking myself because i still haven't done half of it and i've been there four years like i haven't climbed penavan yet and that's annoyed me so when i go back that's on my bucket list to do (laughs) there you go (laughs) once once uh easy jet lets me travel over we'll be straight up that taken down yep that's something that everyone did as well every other week was someone taking a picture at the top yeah i say we drove past one time and someone was running up it now that's dedication yeah i wouldn't be that dedicated no i i could just about walk up my own stairs so i think it's maybe a bit far for me to go running up a 900 meter mountain (laughs) but Mm -hmm. i can maybe give it a go you'll need to take me to the hospital but i'll maybe give it a go I've pit stops every hundred meters. If you're ambitious, I'll maybe go ten. <laughs> Hopefully, you'll get back in the classes and stuff as well. Um, we were chatting as well. You're in the middle of doing your masters, as mm. well. And as far as I've known you, in terms of work as well, all you've really done is hospitality work. When you were back yeah. home, whether it was in a bar or a cafe and stuff has there been anything that has come up for you that you're able to do at the minute in terms of work i mean i could i could go and work for like um supermarkets or like anything well any of the key worker jobs really um and there's um like there are opportunities that i can still do um sport within um schools to outside companies but at the moment i'm just kind of using as much as it is unfortunate that i don't have like money coming in i am using the time to uh, focus on my work and get ahead of myself um because hopefully come the summer i'll be able to work more and if I get ahead of myself, then it means I'll have more of a summer to either just work or relax instead of having to worry about my dissertation for my master's. Um, and the fact that like my master's, is my the hand-in date for that assignment is due end of September. But come the start of September, I'm going to be starting my PGCE down in Twickenham. So I don't want to be eating into that either. Yeah, so that'll be obviously something on your mind that you'll want to get it done and already out of the road then before you move on to your pgce and so the the obvious plan then for you is to go down the route of teaching in the field of sport or possibly coaching as well yeah is there anything on the horizon in terms of work i know sometimes in a normal environment when it comes to the end of university you're already looking ahead into jobs and opportunities but i could probably imagine it's been a little bit more difficult trying to look ahead post university oh definitely like before like before i even decided to do my masters my plan was to graduate and then i was going to like i was applying for loads of ta jobs within within secondary schools um and to go down that route just to get used to that environment before i even applied well before i decided that i um if teaching was the right career path for me um but every 
interview I did kept saying that I either didn't have enough experience or I was too young, which I was kind of taken aback by because part of my course, I was in schools pretty much every single day teaching. And there, um, like on the job description, it said, oh, like, um, like young, tw- like, well, within like the twen- 20s bracket. So, so that was a bit of a kick in the teeth that I wasn't really getting anywhere with that. Um, so that's kind of what led me to do my master's, um, just because I think I was just worried about the fact that I didn't want to be stuck not having a job. Um, so yeah, did that. And it's kind of made me see more now of what I want to do because obviously my master's is more coaching based and some of like the, some of the work that we're doing in the modules, I'm sat there and I'm like, this does not interest me whatsoever. And I can tell that that's not the route I want to go down. So it's kind of actually worked in my favor doing my master's because it's opened my eyes up more in order to see what it is. I actually want to get out, get out of it for when I do graduate and go on a bit further um so i mean hopefully with my pgce if i make good links with the uh placements i'm on i could use i could get a job through that or hopefully i'll just build contacts within that area and because i do at the moment i'm thinking i'll probably stay there for at least like another year or two years after my pgce and then i'll just see where it takes me really I mean, if if something pops up in New Zealand, I won't say no. <laughs> no, that would be the dream to live in New Zealand. My word. Massively, I could play play rugby in one of the best countries in the world. Teach, I'd just be living my absolute blooming dream. Up until this year, I would have said the best place to come for rugby would have been here, but we've been absolutely atrocious so far. So, <laughs> move to New Zealand <laughs> while you can. I know. Def- well, France is definitely on top of the list at the moment, aren't they? Well, I was going to say it wouldn't be a conversation between us two if we didn't chat about rugby for a little bit. <laughs> there is. Exactly. We have to bring it up. We have to bring it up. So the last <laughs> time that I was over, we were watching the Six Nations before they were called short. I had a sore head at the end of it, but it was unbelievable. <laughs> you were massively enjoying yourself throughout the day, though. The dangerous thing was discovering that I could have a two pint of Guinness for eight quid. Yeah. That was that was where it went rapidly downhill. Well, I mean, we'd gone out the night before and what was meant to just be a few casual drinks turned into a lot more. A full drinking session that night and a full drinking session the next day was yeah, not so great. Yeah, 11, so 11am start on a Saturday wasn't the best. No, no. I really should have planned for it a little better rather than just a pan of chocolate from the little round the corner to keep me going for the rest of the day. Well, yeah, I kept I kept nicking everyone else's food that they were ordering because I was like, oh, no, I don't feel well enough to eat. But then I was like, no, I need to eat because otherwise I'm not going to last. You'll not see the England game later on that night. <laughs> I think I fell asleep during it, though, didn't I? I don't know. I was too busy celebrating because all the Welsh <laughs> had cleared out of walkabout. After yeah. Ireland had beat them, and I was giving it massive. Yeah, because it was the England-Scotland game afterwards, wasn't it? Yeah. But then half the boys we were with were, were Scottish, but then we beat them, so... They weren't too happy that night. 
But I didn't care. We got our way. Right in their faces, making making a big deal out of it. That's that's the joy of sport, especially amongst your mates. You know, yeah. you you get one over them, and you don't let them forget about I it. I think that that's one of the best things about going to uni, uh, like in and around Cardiff, is obviously on game days like that, like whether it be England versus Wales or whatever country's playing, like we all still get along. Like obviously everyone I go to watch it with, I'd say there's probably only about three or four of us that are actually English. The rest are either Scottish, uh, Welsh, Irish. Um, yeah, we're all still out having a good time. And yeah, okay, if like the score gets a bit, you know what, you kind of have that little like all. But at the end of the day, you're still there drinking, just having a good time. Like I'll walk into Cardiff wearing my Blooming England shirt and not care because I'm like, yep, proud to be English. Not so much this year, but you know, we move. Yeah, I. Oh, maybe last year that would have been the point to do it with the last Six Nations. No, the twenty, the England twenty nineteen World Cup team. That's the one you can be proud of. <laughs> That's the thing that always annoys me about Ireland. They get to a point where you think that they're going to be World Cup contenders when it comes round. And then they do not disappoint in letting everyone down. Then they go on a little slump, build themselves back up again, and just repeat that cycle all over again. It's tough being an Ireland rugby fan. <laughs> These past two games have been so frustrating as well in the Six Nations this year. I did feel for you on Sunday. Like we played so well, you d- you deserve the win on Sunday. I I say that if you were allowed the try in the first half, that would have like, changed literally, it. Literally, it was a blade of grass. If there's no TMO, it would have been given. And then um, France, for some reason, just decided to play the games of their life. Like as soon as the as soon as the ball got turned over and France got it, they broke so quickly, and Ireland just couldn't recover from it. I mean, handling on both parts was awful oh they couldn't catch neither <laughs> no. team could hold I was on sat to it there and I was like, this is a completely different rugby to what i saw last weekend from both teams but no i think it was a very it was a very close game but and it's very... ju- it's just been little things have sort of thrown ireland like as you said the blade of grass that was white from the the disallowed try the the kick for the corner the week before that has yeah. went out the back Oh, I felt so bad for him. That was heartbreaking. It really was. That's the thing, though. Two two weeks in a in a row, Wales Wales have been lucky because there's one point in it with uh on there there was only like one point in it on um Saturday, wasn't there? Between Wales and Scotland, is that who they were playing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, and it was just these little things. I was like. Oh. I so badly just wanted Wales to lose. Well, I, I did the week before as well because I messaged a couple of guys and was just brutally honest and said, right, there's Ireland down to 14. This is going to be a rout. They're going to get 40 points put against them and there you go, confidence knocked straight away. Yeah. And I think the way it ended was probably worse because they played so well and they stayed in the game and they phase oh, after phase yeah. after phase just were chipping away and getting as far down the pitch as they could and they got into the position where they were able to get the line out and hopefully kick on from there and it just went wrong 
so so badly well, wrong. Even said to Dad, I was like, oh, if Wales, I, I said to him, I was like, if Wales don't beat it, uh, Ireland now, obviously when you went down to 14 men, um, but then it just like flipped like that. I was like, okay, this is actually quite good to watch. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe how much of a, a good game it actually turned out to be. I know. You would have thought that Ireland were still at full strength the way they played. Yeah. And they didn't really seem to sacrifice much of the possession either. You know, Wales were happy to get it and kick it and just let Ireland try and come back at them and crawl yeah. up to the other end. It was a good watch if you were maybe a neutral watching it. Yeah. But I had no fingernails left by the end of the game. <laughs> just from the, the nervousness of it all. That feeling takes me back to the Autumn Internationals final where it was England versus France. And Farrell missed about four chances of us winning the game and it got into extra time and it just it just came down to a kick extra time like the first minute in missed the kick the post and then we were just so lucky to get another penalty kick the post and we won but I was literally sat on the edge of my seat the entire game it was just bloody awful I was like like just nothing would come out of my mouth because I was just so shocked at how they, they were just making it so difficult for themselves Sport has the the really really good thing of doing that to a person. It can literally ruin your weekend, or it can make it the best weekend of your life. Yeah, even though you're not the one playing. Yeah, exactly. Like if you watch a team that you don't like lose, like I might watch Wales and see them get beat next week, and I'll absolutely love it. It's not yeah. my team playing, but it's just Wales losing. <laughs> and this point here is where I lose every single person that has listened to me in Wales. <laughs> <laughs> and if you were Welsh I would have said English and if you were a different person I would have said Scottish <laughs> just playing to the audience here but yeah it, it has a strange way of playing with your emotions and I'm so happy that sport is available for us to watch during a time where we probably need it most oh yeah massively like having it just it... gives you that little sense of normality and something to look forward to yeah, it gives us a little escape from everything. Mm. Like you can flick on the TV and watch football, Formula One, rugby, cricket, golf, whatever it may be. Yeah. Just having that choice and something normal, like you said, going on and making the world feel like a slightly better place. Exactly. That's what we need right now. I'm so happy that we have it as well, but it can become dangerous <laughs> when you sit and just binge it all day <laughs> instead of doing stuff that you need to do yeah <laughs> like I, as i've mentioned before sitting up at half 12 in the morning waiting for an ice hockey game just messes with your sleep so much but i don't care i want to watch it yeah i don't blame you or whenever england are on a tour or the lions tour and you're sitting up to silly hours in the morning watching it you don't oh, yeah, care. the World Cup, I think that's the earliest I've got up to to watch a game. Like 8 o'clock in the morning? Yeah, still sat in my pyjamas. <laughs> the same with me, anytime the Ashes is on and it's in Australia and you're sitting in the early hours of the morning and everyone yeah. out there is enjoying the sun and it's a great day and it's literally bucketing outside your window and you feel miserable that you're not there. But at least you're getting to watch something. Yeah, is it too early to crack open a beer or? Yeah. <laughs> Pouring a tin of Carling over your Vitabix in the morning. Nutrition. Yeah. 
and it's still not the most disgusting thing I've seen on Weedabix. <laughs> what a massive publicity stunt. What, a new Weedabix thing? Yeah, throwing a load of baked beans over Weedabix. I know, I quickly scroll past that. It actually makes me feel sick. <laughs> makes me feel sick, but it's one of those things that Jodie... Well, they followed it up with a um, smoothie. They what? Pouring a smoothie over Weetabix. Maybe that one isn't too bad. Yeah, but... Mm. Even still, yeah. Like, I'm as plain as anything. Just throw the milk on and that's it. Yeah. Like People always cut up bananas and raspberries and so I don't have that time. <laughs> no. I mean, half the time I don't even have time to actually eat. Hey, you need something a little bit quicker, you know. You can't grab a banana and go. Yeah, you can't wait for your breakfast to have to soften before you eat it. No. I was going to say they should make ready to go Weetabix, but that's porridge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there was me thinking in my head. I just come up with the solution to everything. Turns out it's already there. And it's the most simplest form of food. Oh God. I'm gonna to need to try harder than that to try and conjure up a new business plan. <laughs> for the meantime it's still working in retail yes I mean there's a lot worse you could be doing so well, I'm just glad I have somewhere to work yeah exactly that I can, I can be happy that I still have a job that's sociable and I get to speak to people and everyone comes to see me for their little day out their little day trip to the shops to escape the house exactly yeah how have you found lockdown has been in England at the moment? Um, I mean, the weather's crap compared to the first one. Yeah. I say that as it's currently raining outside my window. <laughs> I think um, we, we just have like a little winter wonderland over here. Everything's frosty and you would think that it was Siberia at some points. <laughs> but... Yeah, it's, it's not all that bad. I mean, I'm still able to go out um like I've been going down the field and just doing bits of training, like going for runs and stuff, um, and walks. Um, but I mean that's probably the most exciting it gets. So long as I try and get myself out of the house, then I'm not I don't really feel like a caged animal, but it'll be nice if we can have a bit more um leniency so I can like just go down the park with a few other people or even if they bring out like takeaways for because i can still go costa but just be nice just to sit in a beer garden again and that way i can just see my friends have a few drinks and have a catch-up and whatnot and, so and feel a bit more normal as well yeah exactly so i mean like this year's so far it's gone quick but it's gone really slow if you get what i mean and it's just a bit it still feels like an age like january was a year in itself yeah, January was long, but at the same time, I'm like, we've got March in like two weeks. <laughs> yeah, we're already heading the end of the winter. It's just mad, like just how quick it's. I just, I just can't cope anymore. <laughs> yeah, March will be a year of like lockdown of restrictions. Yeah, which is absolutely mental to think about that this has gone on for a year now. I know. And at times, it still feels like it's new and then other times it just feels like the new normal yeah it's just something that we're going to get used to for goodness knows how many years on yeah 
like where where do we go how how do you see normality picking up because i really can't no we'll get there it's just i think it'll just be a case of obviously we'll just be socialing socializing in smaller groups and just i think a big one is like keep if you keep the curfews for pubs and stuff like that that's going to help the situation a lot because people aren't necessarily going to be getting that silly um rather than if you're out till the early hours of the morning that's when it gets worse yeah i mean it encourages more day drinking but even then i don't think day drinking gets that can be as rowdy as what like it only gets more rowdy the later you go on into the night so yeah yeah. normally for day drinking i'm ready to go to bed at about eight o'clock at night so it's perfect (laughs) exactly and then you're less likely to wake up with a hangover in the morning because you've had a nice long sleep. Exactly. It's all disappeared then. Or you've drank that much, you still wake up drunk. Yeah, just go again. We have, at the minute, a curfew on alcohol. So no alcohol can be sold in supermarkets after 8 o'clock. Which again yeah, deters people. Ten, ours was 10 o'clock, the same with um, pubs and stuff. But they've kept it. Is there any bars open? No, obviously they're all shut now, but oh, right. um, they've kept the that rule of that you can't buy alcohol after ten o'clock. We mustn't be as sensible, and that's why they've had to make it eight for us. <laughs> that's the other thing that's really annoyed me at the minute. Obviously, the more people that are involved in decision making, the more difficult it gets. But the fact mm-hmm. that. Like in March last year when Boris was making his big announcement and everyone was sitting down watching it and you were listening yeah. to it and then suddenly it was these are the laws and these are the guidance for England. And yeah. I'm sitting thinking I've just wasted half an hour to get to the end of this and discover it's not even applicable to me. It's the politicians here are going to decide whether I can go out twice a day for a walk or go play golf. Yeah, I think now it's it's gotten to a point though where people are just fed up because it's gone on for so long, and you're gonna. But hopefully, by staying in lockdown and stuff, it means that we are improving and we can start being a little bit more normal. And returning to an established way of life where you're able to go and do things, whether it's yeah. go to the gym or. Don't feel guilty about the second walk of the day or something yeah. stupid as that. But that clarity just doesn't seem to be available to us at the minute. And the longer this goes on, the longer the effects are going to be, not just for things like businesses, but just people's minds in general will just be ruined because some people already at the minute fear leaving their house. Whether it's because it's something to do with not being able to wear a mask or they feel that they might be treated differently or that they just haven't left their house in that long that they already feel separated from society. Like imagine being a grandparent and you're not able to see any of your family. Well, yeah, that's one thing my my nan's finding hard because she she is very active. Um, But obviously whilst we're still in lockdown... Like, she'll still go for a walk every day, but we're like, no, we'll, like, because, like, she'd come over here for her Sunday roast, but, or we'd go there, but at the moment we're still just taking it over to her just to 
be safe. I mean, and it's quite sad because I'm like, we're just round the corner, but we still want to protect her because obviously mum's a key worker in schools and whatnot. So it's just making sure that we can keep keep them safe. But that's the thing. At the same time, you want to see them and make sure that for their own like their own mental well being is good as well. Yeah, and trying to do whatever you can just to keep them a little bit more stimulated too. Yeah. Because it's the same with my granda as well. Like I can look out my front window and I can literally see his apartment. Yeah. He lives a three minute walk from my front door. And I would only be able to speak to him if I stand outside his gate and he opens up his back door. I have Mm. to speak in through his garden. I can't see someone that I've hung around with for all the time I've been alive. Yeah. But it's acceptable for me to sit in a working environment for 10 hours of the day, 30 hours a week, and deal with thousands upon thousands of people coming in and out of that store. Mm. Like Sometimes you think about it and you think it's really strange that you're not able to still visit certain members of your family. That you... Oh yeah, most definitely. Like, I have quite a large extended family and we would do everything together and spend most of the time together before all of this. So you could definitely argue that we are in one big bubble because we all are always in close contact with each other. Yeah. But again, it's the whole, you know, what is a proper bubble? Is it your household or people you work with or things like that as well? That's another thing, working with people. I work with... 15 to 20 people and we're all in close contact with each other and with the nature of our job we're all very busy and working together so if yeah. I can go in and work for a shift with one person why can't I spend 20 minutes going for a walk with them yeah that that's one thing I found over Christmas obviously working in the pub because um, the people people I work with are some of my best friends that I went to school with um and it's like we'd be doing what twelve hour shifts with each other, but then if but then like we'd go for a meal at the pub or for drinks. Well, we have to have a meal with drinks, but we'd have to sit outside because we're all from different households, even though we all work together in that same pub. Yeah, it's so strange sometimes mm-hmm. when you actually break it down and try and think about it, but. I don't know. Thankfully, it's not my job to try and worry about stuff like that. It's someone else's. Yeah, that's true. Because I don't know what I would be able to do. So I understand why they do it, but at the same time, I really don't. Like, I just want to go and see my granda again. Yeah, give him a hug. But yet, he could come into work if he wanted to and chat to me there. I know, it just doesn't make sense. No. But like I said, it's not my job, so... I'll just worry about making sure poor Louise has her fruit and veg ready to go for a Monday morning. (laughs) That's my job. So hopefully you manage to get sorted with work as well because it'll give you something to do at least anyway. Yeah, well, at the end of the month, Boris is making a big announcement, so I'll just go from there. But at the moment, I'm just going to focus on uni and worry about money a little bit later on (laughs) well while you're at home you may as well just get your work done because you've no real 
like goings to pay for. There's no nights out that you need to fund or. Is that yeah? So I'm I am saving money, so but obviously it'll just be nice that when I can go out, I'm able to work just even if it's just like a few days a week just to get a little bit of something in. So yeah, for the meantime, you may as well just focus on your studies and mm. nail the masters, which obviously you're going to do. There's no doubt about it. I'm confident that you're going to smash it. Oh, thanks, love. I know you've got plenty of work to do, so I think we'll call it a day there, just so you can go off and finish whatever you need to do, because I don't want to be the reason why you didn't do as well. So (laughs) (laughs) thank you so much for coming on, Emily. That's all right. Thank you very much for having me. The pleasure was all mine, and it was lovely to have a nice chat and actually see you again a a year on. So, Even though it is behind the screen. It is behind yeah. the screen, but at some point when all of this is gone and I can fly again, I'll definitely be coming over and we'll have a proper drink again once more. Fresh. Just like old times. Absolutely. I look forward to it. Me too. <laughs> and that is it for episode seven then. I really hope you guys enjoyed this one as well. If you haven't listened to the other ones, make sure you head over to spotify or castos and check out all the episodes that i've published there with my previous guests as well make sure you head over to the instagram page and give it a follow it's the best way to stay on top of all new episodes that are published and little bits in between that as well so for now guys stay safe take pride in everything you do and remember you're all superstars see you later (laughs) 